your mindset can either limit you or it can build you into something beyond anything that you've previously imagined before. You're about to hear from someone who has proven the latter and has since become a mindset expert that is here to help you do the same. Welcome to your awakening journey. Today's destinations include higher consciousness and actualized potential. If all ascenders could now please be seated in a comfortable meditative posture, we're about to ascend. You are now arriving at your host, Brian Henry. What is up, Ascenders? Welcome to Awaken, a show in which we have conversations to assist you in awakening your consciousness and your highest purpose and potential. My name is Brian Henry. I'm the founder of Together We Ascend. I'm also a transformation coach and your host of the show. If this is your first time tuning in, I want to welcome you. If you're someone who's on a path of spiritual growth and personal transformation and are interested in continuing to receive content being created to support you on this journey, I invite you to subscribe to the podcast or the YouTube channel, wherever it is you're listening to this from. And if you're a returning listener, welcome back, family. I would greatly, greatly appreciate it if you haven't yet already, if you took a moment to head on over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify to leave the show a review. This really helps us grow and get out to more people so that we can have a greater impact in the world. Also, consider sharing this podcast with someone you care about who you believe could benefit from this type of content. Natasha Schulmeister was told a lot of things. She was told that she would be unlikely to ever be able to run long distances because of major injuries that she had. She was also told that she didn't have the body type to compete in bodybuilding. She's gone through trauma. She's dealt with feeling unworthy. And since she has competed in and placed in a bodybuilding competition, is well on her way to running a marathon and has become a coach that is helping others become unbreakable through movement, mindset, and nutrition. In this conversation, you're about to hear from someone who has proven firsthand that we are capable of so much more than we may believe. What she shares here will support you in overcoming your challenges, following through, achieving your goals so that you can discover just how capable you are. This is Awaken with Natasha Schulmeister. Natasha Schulmeister is a lighthouse supporting purpose-driven humans to heal, grow, and create freedom. Whether she calls herself this or not, she's an expert of health and mindset. She helps others become unbreakable through movement, mindset, and nutrition. After working with her, she's had clients achieve outcomes like quitting smoking after years of failing and healing their relationship with food, their body, and themselves. She truly is a lighthouse who lights up the spaces she is present in. And I say this from personal experience, as I've been honored to have co-created some of the spaces she's chosen to be in. She brings with her an energy of compassion and understanding and is a gifted space holder. Natasha competed in her first bodybuilding show ever last year. And after a dedicated preparation, she went home a winner and with third place. 
Shortly after, she began her training for a marathon that she's currently in the midst of. She's a coach, she's an athlete, and she's a healer. She's here to help us remember that mindset matters, and it's with great pleasure that I get to welcome her onto the show and have this conversation with her. Natasha, welcome to Awaken. Wow, thank you. That was epic. <laughs> Can you write all of my bios? <laughs> I give you full permission from here on out. That was incredible. Well, I think by definition, the only reason it could have been epic is because it was of an epic person. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Which, no um, hiding so... now. <laughs> no, the world's <laughs> going to see this, Natasha. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to more people getting to, to experience this epicness. I've had the opportunity to for, for the last maybe like a year now, uh, maybe a little more. And yeah, it's... it's my pleasure to to be able to provide you this platform to to share your story and and share all that wisdom that I've had the chance to experience. I I so appreciate being here. Just so you're aware, I know we've spoken about it a few times. I find it incredible that I found you when I did you and and everybody that I found in that collective that you created, and to be here feels so safe and i'm just excited to see where it goes it always does with you 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 set up the space in such a such a cool way such a playful but also honest way that a lot comes through a lot more than necessarily can be predicted so (laughs) this should be fun (laughs) yeah i i know it's gonna be and i can i can feel that there's there's just so much that that wants to come through this this transmission and and in this conversation so let's jump into it um where i want to begin is here i feel like often what i've seen in people tuning into to content like this that they're they're seeing people who embody qualities that that they might aspire to to embody they sometimes I've, I've seen this create this gap between themselves and that person. And there's this idea of, well, that's them. They're special. That's not me. Um, and I think one of the, the best ways we can kind of debunk this is to let them know that you weren't always this person. You too had to go through your fair share of challenges and darkness. Um, and I've had the honor to to hear some of your story in the past. And I think it does such a great job of showing people that even if they're in some of that themselves, that they can get out of it because, well, you did. And so that's where I want to start. I want to start with you sharing a bit of your story. I know you won't be able to share all of it, but whatever you feel called to share with. Um, and I think especially making note of, you know, who you were before for the, before this person that, that embodies the sort of qualities and the, the sort of mindset that you do today. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I want to start also by saying I still struggle. So I just want to make sure that it's clear for anybody that might be watching they see, um, they see people like you and I, and we're, we're at this place in our lives where we're, we're producers, you know, we're able to produce a lot more. We still struggle and we still fight battles and we still deal with, um, you know, life. I like when people say, you know, life happened. Well, life happens. It's very normal for everybody. And so I just want to say that, you know, even though we might be able to accomplish a lot, 
and you might be seeing that, it doesn't mean that there isn't certain battles that we're also facing at the same time. I always say I'm not special. I just have good follow through. That's what I tell people. I'm like, I'm not unique for me. I'm not, I'm not a different breed of human, you know, and I am still human. I'm not a God, like don't put me on a pedestal. I just have really good follow through for myself. And that's because of what I've been through, because I went through a large period of my life where I had no follow through for myself. Um, let's just go, well, I'll go, I'll go back, back, and then I can take it, take us through, hopefully not in too long of a period of time, because I know that we're limited on time today, but take us through kind of my experience through life as it was and what I what my bigger battles were and where I'm at now. So I had a decent amount of trauma come through, um, throughout, I would say in the grand scheme of things, a small window of time, but to me, it felt like eternity. <laughs> and during the first of a few of those experiences that I went through where um, my my choice was taken from me and I had no control over what was happening in those moments when I when I searched for somebody to nurture me afterwards I was abandoned and I grew to believe that I wasn't worthy of that I wasn't worthy of love I wasn't worthy of time attention um, and so when more came through and I'm going to be emotional and so I'm just going to, you know, if this is triggering for somebody, just maybe pause it. Um, as more of these things happened to me, I had convinced myself that I was alone and that was really scary to go through those things and feel hopeless. I was hopeless. That was, that's a good word for where I was at. I felt, completely in the dark and people only wanted things from me and then people were taking things from me and I had nothing. I was just scared. I was scared and I trapped myself in that for such a long period of time, um, believing that I couldn't go to anybody, believing that I couldn't solve these things, believing that these things were meant to happen to me, believing that I wasn't worth something better than what I was receiving I lived in that on repeat in my mind for years and I eventually got exhausted. And in that exhaustion, I came to a place of not wanting to have to wake up anymore. I didn't, I didn't want to have to keep waking up and then realizing that what I had went through and what I was living in was real. I didn't want to have to keep waking up and, and, and thinking, oh my gosh, please tell me it was a dream and then it not be a dream. You know, like it's, it was, it was just torture. And I was lucky enough to have, I'm not, not lucky enough. It I think it was meant to happen the way that it did. I don't know if I necessarily believe in luck, but I went to speak with somebody. Um, and for anybody listening, I, I highly recommend going and talking to somebody. I highly recommend therapy how I was raised 
um, I was raised in a household that did not believe in therapy, except for my mom, who was struggling with, with mental health issues. Um, the rest of my family didn't believe in it. And I didn't want to bring shame to my family. And it was, it, it felt like a shameful tactic to go and get help. And it's not. And I just want to say that if anybody else is in that same place, it's not shameful to ask for help. So I went and I, I wasn't seeking help. I was actually seeking help out <laughs> as, and I, I didn't want to be here any longer. I wanted to be prescribed something with ill intention. And I was given something I was giving, I was given a second chance in that moment. And it was all because of how this person who knew nothing about me, who was not trying to fix me, who was not telling me that I was wrong or that something was broken, just sat across from me and heard me. And it was the first time that I had felt heard. And it was the first time that I had felt seen in years. And that's not a, an understatement in years. I felt like I was, I was like actually here, like I was alive. Like it was almost as if in that moment I signed on, you know, and it, it was the most incredible feeling because I hadn't felt it in so long and it went away and I wasn't prescribed what I was looking for. <laughs> so I didn't get my out, which is good, but I kept thinking, I'm like, okay, maybe if I, Maybe if I just, just think about it as like one more. So like, I'm going to just take one more step. I'm going to just wake up one more time and I'm going to do one thing, just one thing every single day, one that can help me understand what I'm going through a little bit deeper, a little bit better. And so I just started researching I started researching mental health and I started researching trauma and I just wanted to get to know it. I just, I wasn't trying to solve it. I wasn't trying to eliminated. I didn't, I didn't think it was possible to do so. I just wanted to know it. That was, that was my main focus and drive. And the more that I got to know it, the more I started to realize I didn't write these things. Okay. Well, if I didn't write these things, that, that has to mean that somebody else, somebody else knows them, which means that I'm not alone. So who else knows these things? And then I started to, my, my focus started to switch to, well, who else? And I just started to try and look for other people. That's it. Just trying to look for anybody else that may have experienced not necessarily the same things as me, but felt the same things that I did. You know, I have the belief that whether you drown in seven feet of water or 20 feet of water, it doesn't matter. You still drown at the end of the day. Trauma is trauma. It doesn't matter how heavy it was. Mm -hmm. It's how it makes you feel. And that's how we can connect to one another and relate to one another and support one another, not by me saying, oh, my trauma is worse or my trauma is not as bad as yours. It's saying, no, we both, we both experienced the same thing. We both felt the same thing. How do we work together in that? And so I just started looking for others who, who else might have. And it was so funny because when I started looking for others, I just started asking people around me, the close people around me, like, oh, have you ever felt like this? Have you ever felt afraid? Have you ever felt like this darkness that you can't really understand? Have you ever felt unpredictability? Have you ever felt unstable? Have you these questions that, of all the things that I was feeling, but I'd only ask one at a time just to see. 
And all of these people are like, yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, of course I have. And I'm like, oh my gosh, okay. Some more validation that I, I'm not alone in what I was experiencing, okay. And, and that just kept evolving over time. It just kept being one more, but that one more brought me to here, you know, like I, I, I'm a completely different person than I was at that point in my life. And it's bizarre to me to think that those two people existed at the same time. And I'm so grateful for that person to have existed, that me, because they still live within me, right? They're still here. I'm so grateful to have had them exist because I can now understand people on a, on a new level. I can understand struggle on a new level. I'm not up here doing all the things I'm doing saying like, oh, you just need to stop feeling that way. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, oh no, I know that feeling. And when you become aware of, of the truth behind your life and your existence, it's gonna hurt more. I would say it was more painful for me to become aware of the fact that I was responsible for my trauma cycle or at par with me going through the trauma itself. And that's just because of the length of time I kept myself in that cycle. Mm -hmm. I did that. I was responsible for how long I suffered. I was, I was the one replaying it. I was the one not seeking out other forms of help. And it might've been because of the tools that I had at the time. Yes, but that was me. I abandoned me. These other people abandoned me. Okay. I abandoned me. That hurt like that, that broke my heart open. It was like, oh, I don't want to ever do that again. And I did, and I still do at times, you know, I'm human. And yet at the end of the day, I'm always really quick to come back to myself and be like, is this who I want to be for myself? Am I proud of who I am? Am I proud of who, what I say? Am I proud of how I'm showing up? If the answer is yes, I'm good. If it's no, then I, then I give myself the grace to make a change but I was responsible and that awareness was, was life altering. How did you come to that awareness that one that you had some responsibility in what you were experiencing and because there, it sounded like there, there was a journey to coming to the point of even coming to the idea that you could have done something, right? That realization yeah. that you had responsibility in this and that you could have, you had the power to change it. Um, how did you get there? Yeah. Community. So it's funny. I, I didn't come to it on my own. I mean, the realization came from me. Yes. It was through being around people who I wanted to be. I started to show up in groups of people and, and I started to ask myself, why do these people inspire me? What is it about these people that inspires me? What is it about these characters and movies that I'm just like so drawn to? What is it about the hero that I love so much? Like, what, what is that? And, and how can I be that? And, and, I started to recognize a pattern with all of those people. Those people weren't victims. None of them are victims. I mean, they were victims. They had, they had horrible things happen to them. Horrible things happened to them. And yet they weren't victims. 
And I was like, okay, well, how do you, how do you not be a victim when something has happened to you? How do you not be a victim when, when somebody has impeded on your choice, when somebody has taken something from you and intentionally harmed you? How do you not be a victim? And it was the recognition of, and, and I, I cannot remember who said it. So I apologize on that account, but, um, the moment that your trauma happened is the only moment it truly existed. And everything past that point is your responsibility. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> and to say that hit is a, an understatement. I was mad when I heard that, just to be clear, it started as anger because I was like, you don't understand. And then I, and then I checked myself and I'm like, no, no, they do. They do understand. That's why I'm here. I had these two voices. One that was like, F you, like, you don't know, I'm going to go to war. <laughs> and this other voice that's just like, no, we've been at war for a really long time and I'm pretty exhausted. And if it's triggering you, that's likely true for you. So sit with it and sitting with it more and more. I felt ashamed of myself. I went through phases, you know, it was this phase mm -hmm. of shame. I was so ashamed of myself for letting it go so long. I was like, I can't believe, like I say this, I wouldn't, I don't intentionally harm others. I intentionally harmed myself for such a long time, subconsciously. Like I, I just, and I let that happen. Okay. And then I, and then I started to realize, well, holding on to that is just another form of harming myself. So now I've, so now I, I went from harming myself to harming myself. That's not working. We need to change something else, mm -hmm. you know, blaming myself, shaming myself, being resentful of myself and who I was, that's not creating the change that I want. So we need to take a different action. So what's the next action? I was like, I have to work on forgiving myself. And that one, that one's, that one was heavy. That one was hard. It takes time to build trust in any relationship. And so I just focused on other relationships. It's like, what do I do to build trust in other relationships? Okay. You know, I spend time with that person, my actions, my follow through speaks louder than my words. So let's just focus on those two things. How, how can I spend time with myself? What ways can I spend time with myself that will make me feel really connected to me? And what ways are easy, accessible ways that I can show up for myself and follow through for myself so I can start building that trust. It's not about going from zero to a hundred. I tried that. It was, it wasn't working. It was about just finding small, accessible ways to start building that trust back. And the more I did it, the more I started to believe that I could. And the more mm -hmm. that I believed that I could, the more it became a second nature. And the more it became a second nature, now it's just, it's just who I am. It's integrated into my being. So when I say I have good follow through, I'm not unique. I have good follow through. It's because I, I built a skill. It's a skill, mm -hmm. right? It's, mm -hmm. a, it's a communication skill with myself. I show up and I follow through. And if I can do it for me, I can do it for others. And that translates out. Yeah. I think what's powerful about that too, is seeing the, the two way relationship between following through and building that trust. 
right? Yeah. When you follow through, you you build on the trust that you have on yourself. And the more trust that you have on yourself, the more likely you are to follow through. And so I think yeah. one of the things you said there that's so key is um, starting small, right? Starting small with those yeah. or the small ways that I can begin to show up with for myself and then building on that trust. At what point did you feel your first flicker of hope that things can change? Well, the first one would have been at, at the counseling session. It wasn't necessarily, um, it wasn't the flicker of hope of, uh, that my life would like completely 180, <laughs> right? But it was the flicker of hope that I could be here still, which is huge. I mean, for anybody that's been or lived in darkness, they, they can understand that moment. Um, I think anybody that's struggled that finally gets that like breath where they're like, oh, things might be okay. That, that feeling is irreplaceable. And then I would say, <laughs> honestly, the big, the, the, when I realized that things had changed, like in a very big way. Um, was when I separated from my ex and it's not that because he was a bad person, I, I want to clarify this and make it very clear, uh, two good people can be good people and not good for each other. And I believe that deeply. And so, um, we had been together for an incredibly long time, uh, almost six years and both of us were just getting worse and it took a lot of crying in the shower for me to realize that it was the best thing for both of us for me to be the one that stepped up and and finally called things quits i was i was fighting to become this new person this new version of me i was going and doing a bunch of things that were feeding my soul he never wanted to be there. So whenever I was there trying to do these things that would feed my soul, I was constantly feeling this guilt that I wasn't present with him. But then when I was there, we weren't together or present. And so, and then I would be thinking about all the things I wanted to do. And I'm like, it's the same for him. Like we just keep cycling this weird guilt that we can never meet each other for six years. <laughs> and, um, it was terrifying. It was terrifying for me because I didn't know how I would be by myself, but I knew that, I knew that it was worth the risk. And I knew that it was the honorable thing to do to let him go. I knew that it was hard though. You, you pour so much of yourself into somebody else in that long, period in short periods of time as well. But in that long period of time, we had so much woven into each other and so many people that would say, you know, like, you guys are fine. These are normal things like just downplay. And I'm like, these aren't normal things. These aren't okay. Okay. I have to listen to my soul. Now I have to listen to my heart now and my head's telling me just stay. It's fine. It'll get better. <laughs> and my soul is telling me get out. And finally I chose to listen to the other voice and it was horrible at first. I'm going to be honest. It was, it was a really, really, really difficult breakup um, because his mental health is not okay. And I just remember laying on the floor with a bottle of wine and listening to Celine Dion cry. 
<laughs> and just being like, I'm so proud of myself, but I was like, I was just, I was a mess, but I was so, I was crying, but I was like, this was the right choice and it was horrible and it was messy and it was chaotic and it was like, everything was falling apart and I felt amazing. And I was like, I don't understand this feeling, but if this is, if this is what it took was just doing the right thing, even though it was hard. And this was a big thing to do. This was a life-changing thing to do. Then I can do the small things too. So let's just like, we're just going to get through it. We're so brave. We're so courageous. We've got this. I leaned on other people. I was like, you know what? I'm not good. <laughs> I need support and love. And I just need to know that even though I did the right thing, I'm not going to lose everyone and I'm not going to lose myself. So that was that that moment that moment was pretty clear <laughs> it was uh yeah i had moved my entire life to vancouver he was the only person that i knew from back home like i don't have anybody here right so it was it was a big thing for me my family is back in alberta all of my friends are back in alberta i'm like oh my gosh i'm gonna be alone alone and i wasn't i had me and then I made so many friends that are here with me still today. And I'm just like, okay, I gave myself the opportunity for something greater. And I also gave that to him as well. And I think that was the most loving thing I could have done at the time. It felt like it felt mean to do it. And we get in that headspace, right? Our ego gets in the way and it tries to cloud us. And in hindsight, I can see it as the most loving thing I could have done for both of us was to let us separate and be the person that let that happen. Cause he's so much better now too. There's uh there's something you said that um, stood out to me, you know, making the the decision to, to leave that relationship that was no longer in alignment for you. Um, you said, well, you said the words that you, you were listening to yourself at that point, you, you decided to, to listen to yourself, listen to your heart. Um, and to me that, that um, I'm, I'm willing to guess that there had to have been a certain amount of, inner work and self-awareness cultivated healing perhaps that took place in order for you to have even be able to tune into that to know what it was that your soul was wanting would you say yeah yeah finish your thought and then i have something yeah to add. so i think that's the that's the part that i want to uh, to emphasize because i think there might be some golden nuggets to to draw from that how are you what work needed to be done if there was work um, involved with that, but how were you able to even get in touch with what you were wanting at that, that soul heart level? Yeah. So just the one thing I wanted to say before, and then I'll dive into that. I believe we, we all have those, um, voices, right? We have two, two voices within us. And this is just something that I believe we have one that I call my soul and my heart and one that's um, the ego. And I do believe both are necessary. Like the ego is going to keep you safe, protect you from walking off a cliff. Please don't walk off cliffs. You know, like <laughs> it's going to be the one that's telling you when, when you're in true danger. And I think sometimes that that voice uh, sees things that aren't dangerous as danger, and then it can cloud or um, become really high volume in comparison to your other voice. So I think that this is just like dials within us. And I think they're both necessary. So it's not about eliminating one of the voices. Instead, it's about sitting and being able to hear both the voices and make a conscious decision based on both. And so um, 
my soul voice was very quiet for a really long time, though it would still speak. It was just very quiet. And my other one was really loud, really loud for a really long time. What helped me to start, as you put it, hearing that other voice was investing in activities that felt good for me. And I had to, I had to trial and error this a lot because at first, um, I was told some really like specific ones like journal, right? Like that was like a really commonplace one. And I know lots of people still, they journal and they enjoy it. I'm not a huge journaler. I have to be called to journal. I love writing. I'm not necessarily a, I like to speak. I'm a speaker. So I like to like voice record things, <laughs> but I tried journaling because I was told, you know, the physical action of it, as well as, um, letting your, letting your mind just flow and writing whatever comes out, it can be so beneficial to you. So I did try that. I found some benefits to it. Um, the most benefits I found was just from being able to sit and, and ask myself questions and reflect like having reflection points. And so I took those things and I tried a few different other tactics. So um, one thing I would do is I would do voice recordings. So I had questions. I just found them on Pinterest. It was super easy. And I just found, you know, soul, uh, what were they called? It was so funny. It was like soul building questions or something like that. It was like, and then it was like seven soul building questions. And I would ask myself these questions and I would record how I was feeling and I would just let myself, um, talk. And then the next day I would listen to it. Like the next morning I'd listen to it. So I do this at night and then I'd listen to it the next day and I'd be like, oh, wow, that's really cool. And when I listened to myself, I was able to be like, oh, wow. Okay. I felt that way yesterday. How do I want to set my day up? And, and that was another one that my counselor gave me was like, intention setting at the start of the day. So I'd listen to this previous recording from the night before of my reflection of the day. And then I'd set an intention for my next day based on that. And I'm like, okay, well, yesterday felt really good. How can I bring some of what yesterday had into today's day? Or yesterday felt pretty horrible. How do I bring um, some more peace to myself today? Or yesterday I worked really, really hard. How do I slow down today? Like asking myself to go hot and cold. That was like the, the idea to, that I was told to keep in my mind was like, you're hot and cold. So if it was really good, um, you know, what other things happen because it can kind of cloud. It's like, okay, hot and cold. You had a lot of good things. What were some things that you think you could work on? So hot and cold, hot and cold, hot and cold, or uh, I had a really horrible day, but what were some good things that happened? Because it's easy to find the horrible things that happened. If there was 20 of them, it's harder for you to find the things that were good. Okay, great. Um, and I went through that for, I would say three months before it just became habitual. Like I didn't have to record it anymore. I just found myself already doing it without needing to do the extra step of recording and then reading the seven soul building questions and doing that. I felt pretty grounded in the practice of just reflecting and then setting intention. Um, and then also I would say the next part to this as well was my therapist told me I'm a very curious, very curious person and I have a very good understanding. I like to understand. And her one comment to me that was so impactful was you can understand and things still not be okay. And I started to ask myself, okay, I understand why things happen today. 
and that doesn't mean that they should happen. So is it okay? And I just, I just went to asking myself, is it okay? Like, okay, I understand why things happened. Is it okay? Yes or no? And I'd ask myself that and I'd let my heart answer that question. It was like, no. And it wasn't about fixing it at that point. It was just about yes or no. I was just trying to get in tune with myself and understand what I needed more than anything in those situations. Is it okay? Yes or no? No. Okay. Let that be what it is. Is it okay? Yes or no? Yes. Okay, great. Let it be what it is. And then build from there. Yes. The reflections that you would do, these these voice recordings, uh, by the way, I love that you, you give yourself the space to do it in the way that feels good and aligned for you. Not everyone needs to be a journaler just because it's this super beneficial thing for so many people, myself included. I don't think that it's necessarily the, the format that everyone needs to, to follow. Um, so if voice notes are your, your thing, do voice notes. Um, that's not to say don't give it a shot and you know, give it yes. a fair chance because you can't know unless you do. Uh, but for you, you, you were doing these, these voice note recordings. Um, this was done. And then you also said you tied this into to intentions that you, you would set. So was this a, a daily thing that you would do? And when were you doing this? Was this the recordings that you would do, let's say at night and then intentions in the morning? How did that look for you? Yeah. So I did it as many days a week as I could. I wanted to relieve as much pressure as I could because at the start I tried to do it every day and then I failed and then I shamed myself and then I stopped doing it. And then I went back to therapy and she's like, why aren't you doing it? And I said, because I failed. And she's like, you didn't fail. You just have to do it. And <laughs> so I had to, I had to teach myself how to approach things in a healthier way. And so I just want to, I want to say that because I know a lot of people struggle with this. They're like, no, I have to do it seven days a week, or I have to do it five days a week, or I have to do it three days a week. And as soon as that doesn't happen, they're like, no, now I'm not consistent. Consistency isn't about perfection. It's about persistence. And mm. that's what I had to learn was that consistency is not about perfection. It's about persistence. And so that's what my therapist and I worked on a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, um, redirecting that energy and that intention. And so I was like, okay, she's like, just do it as much as you remember to. And eventually you're going to get better at it. And she's mm -hmm. like, just trust yourself. She's like, I know it's hard to do so when you for so long haven't, she's like, but just trust yourself. You will do it. She's like, even if it's your OCD, cause I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm diagnosed OCD. I redirect my OCD into certain things because that's where I can use it as a superpower. But I, she's like, even if it's your OCD, it will get you to do it at some point throughout your week. So just, just trust yourself and do it when you're called to do it. Yeah. She's like, but try, like you have to try. And I was like, okay, fine, fine. And at first I didn't trust her even though she's a professional, I didn't trust her. I was like, no, man, I just, I, if I don't have it set, if I don't have a schedule set, if I don't do it seven days a week or tell myself I'll do it seven days a week, I'm not going to do it. And she was right. I just let it be. And the first night I did it because I had just left therapy. So it just made sense. Like it was in my brain. And then the next day I didn't do it because I got really overwhelmed at work and I just went to bed. I was, I just wasn't in it. And I woke up the next day and I was like, oh, dang, I didn't do 
my reflection points. I can still set an intention though. Okay, well, I'll just set an intention now. So I set an intention for my day. And then that night I remember to do my practice. And then the next morning I forgot to do my intention, but I did my practice and I remember to do my intention. And it was messy. It was messy, but it was working. And, and more often than not, I was here with myself. And I was like, oh, the more that I'm here with myself, the more I'm starting to really recognize what things are working for me and what things are not working for me in my week. And I started to realize how I was spending my time and where I was putting my time and where I could start to alter the, that, that time spent because time is non-replenishable. And I really do believe that time is non-replenishable. It's our most valuable asset. Um, so I was doing, I was spending a lot of time watching Netflix shows, you know, and I, and it was funny because I kept saying like, I'm like, I want to be moving more. But then I would come home and I would watch Netflix and we are so it's, it's common, right? It's like, I just worked all day and I'm, I'm so mentally drained. I can't, like, I feel like I physically can't, I have a hundred percent battery and that just took 80% of it. And now I have to cook dinner and now I have to do all of these things to be an adult. And I'm so tired. How do I do anything physical? You know, that was, that was where I existed for a really long time. But the more I started reflecting and setting intention, the more I realized I'm like, okay, well, let's just do five minutes. We'll just go outside and walk the block. Like anything, just do literally anything. And then I started to recognize that physical activity actually ignited more energy in me, but then we'll come back to that. That's, that's besides the fact I started to, um, but I also started to see areas that were really needing attention. Mm -hmm. Like I was always drained coming home from work and I'm like, okay, that's not a good thing. Like I get it that working hard is, is something that everybody is striving towards. We want to work hard. We want to look like we're working hard. We want to work hard. We want to, you know, prove our worth. My value is in what I can give you. My value is in my output. And that's not true. Your value is you, you are, you are valuable as you are. But I believed in that. And so I was like, I need to pull back. I think a little bit at work. Unfortunately, that wasn't a possibility at that job. So I was like, I think I need to get a new job. Oh no. (laughs) And that was scary, but I was like, okay, well, let's just put ourselves out there. And as soon as I put myself out there, I was taken at another job immediately. And I was like, Mm. whoa, okay, well, let's just try. So I left a job of seven years and I went to this new job and I was paid more and I was given more responsibility, but I was also given more, way more flexibility. And I was like, okay, that feels better. It's not great, but it feels better. (laughs) I feel drained only three days of my week as opposed to five days of my week. And now I can fit a little bit more in. I was like, okay, how do we start to keep, like, how do we keep altering these things, you know? And the more I reflected and set intention, the more I could feel when I was out of intention that I had set when I wasn't living in it. The promise I made to myself at the starting of the day, you can checkpoint that all throughout your day. And it's like, oh, I am not living in my promise. All right. How do, how do I make a quick change? to get back into that again. Um, and then reflecting on the day and just asking yourself what worked, what didn't. I, I gave myself three questions by the end of it. I made it really simple. It wasn't seven anymore, it was three. And it was, what was a highlight of the day? One highlight. What was difficult or the most challenging of the day? And what do I want for tomorrow? So highlight one highlight, one challenge that I faced. And what do I want for my tomorrow? Mm -hmm. What do I want for tomorrow? Mm -hmm. So it was just making sure that I was 
taking those things into consideration before I started to think about my next day. And then when I arrived at my next day, I'd ask myself if that was still true when I was sending my intention, because you could wake up and it not be true anymore. Something else could come in. If I'm sick, maybe my intention of trying to get more physical activity just is not the right intention anymore. And it's more, I need to rest. I need to take care of myself. I need to nurture. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that's still, I still do that today. That's one thing that I've carried on through this intention setting practice and the yeah, reflection and, and intention and reflection. Wow. And, yeah. um, yeah, just uh, so it's super clear here. What does the um, the intention setting practice look like? Is it just open? You get to decide what one intention. How do you? How does that look like in detail? Yeah, so it's one intention. Um, in the morning, I'll decide. Okay, so what do I have for the day? Because there's certain things that I, if I plan them, they're there, and I, I want to show up for those things. So if I have, let's say, a big day of meetings, I think this one's accessible to a lot of people who work. If I have a big day of meetings my intention generally ends up being the same thing where it's like, I need to, uh, I, I set an intention to eat the most sustainable and long energy foods I can eat. So it's like, oh, sorry, long-term sustainable foods I can eat. I'm like, words are jumbled there. Eat the most long-term sustainable foods I can eat. And what does that mean? The foods that are going to give me the most energy throughout my entire day. I don't want to be reliant on quick source or else I'm going to crash and I can't, I can't energetically show up the way that I need to. It's impossible for me. Yeah. So I, I always look for my, my big energy sources, which is usually through food. Um, but then I also have simple days where I'm like, my goal or my intention today is to be present. And so I try and think about that as much as I can. I'll go on my walk with my dog every single morning. And if my goal is to be more present, I don't take my headphones and I try and take in as many things as possible. So I'll be like, okay, if I notice myself getting lost in my head and my goal is to be present, I'll be like, okay, name five things around you right now. And then I'll name five things that are around me and then I'll take a deep breath and then I am here. And then I just ground into that and I walk and I try and feel my feet. I try and feel my eyeballs. I know that sounds weird, but trust me, feeling your eyeballs is a thing. It, it brings you into presence really quick. Yeah. <laughs> and I just let that come up throughout the day as I, as I remember it. And I always do it. Take, I mean, I think the, it has to happen at minimum 10 times a day throughout the entire day where my, my intention will just pop in. Mm. It's just like, Oh, right. Oh, right. It doesn't mean that I'm, I set the intention. And now my entire day is that intention. There's so many things happening and so many distractions. It's about coming back to it and living in honor of it. Yeah. And, and yeah, letting you, giving yourself the grace to exist, but also yeah. exist in that. Yeah. I, oh, there's something that I, I want to emphasize from, from what you're sharing that's so potent. Um, before that, though, a, a little presence hack that uh, I want to share is um, when you said f feel, feel your eyeballs, it reminded me of yes. this two-liner that just stuck with me forever. And it was, um, forget the world existed. So just forget everything that you think and believe about the world. Forget what the world existed. And then focus on the looking. 
And oh. that second half, especially, I, I, I mean, I, I recall the whole that the whole context of get the world existed, but then focus on the looking. That focus on the looking part um, has served me so powerfully. Just all all that really means to me is like focus on what you're seeing, see what you're seeing, really see what you're seeing, and ah, the way that that zaps me into presence is is so powerful. Uh, so I, I just felt called to to share that one there. I love that. That gave me chills as soon as you said it. I was like, whoa, you, you do. That's real though. Because when you start focusing, it's like everything becomes into clear focus. You don't realize how, how zoomed out you actually are until you're focusing on seeing the things around you. And then you're like, whoa, oh, and my eyes are up. They, they have awoken. <laughs> it's an odd feeling to explain, but yeah, I love that. I love that. Thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> Epic. Focus on the looking. Yeah. Epic. Yeah. I hope it serves you and anyone else that hears this as much or even a fraction of how it has for me. Um, okay. So there, yeah. the part that I want to emphasize of, of what you just shared, the, the intention setting practice, the reflections, um, and what I really took from that with regards to like how that has served you. Um, you, you know, you mentioned the, the change in job and coming to clarity that um, that it was draining you. It was it was not in alignment with what what you were wanting. Um, what I really want to emphasize from that is you were able to cultivate this this awareness of your wants and your needs um, only through this this building of this relationship with with yourself um, and your and your heart. Yeah, like tuning in right that's where we started right how do we how do we tune into to our heart and our, our soul and and what we're wanting in that um at that level and it uh it sounds like some of the the first steps for you was again building this relationship with with yourself um through these these practices of, of reflection and and intention setting um so i'm really glad that we were able to kind of just like break that down you know someone can hear this and if they have no experience with with practices like this before they can you know with what you've shared put them into practice because i i really feel like again it doesn't need to be journaling and it doesn't need to be voice notes but some means of just getting in touch with ourselves our thoughts and feelings is, is it creates the you know that's the catalyst for the self-awareness and that self-awareness is where you'll know what is wanting to be tweaked and changed about your life. So change, I think yes. that that awareness precedes any change that we're going to make in our life in alignment with, with our values and our desires. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm just really happy that you, you shared that practice with us. Yeah, it's been so beneficial. And, and one other thing I'll add is if you've thought about something more than five times, it's, it's time to focus in on it. If you've thought about something more than five times, it's time to focus in on it. Meaning like if I've thought about how somebody's upset me five times, it's time to focus in. Yeah. Or if I've if it's fall if it's bleeding into your life yeah. in a good or bad way, but in a good way, it's like, oh, I really need to be grateful for that thing. And that's one of my top run gratitudes. It keeps bleeding in, in such a beautiful way in my life. Or in the on the harder side, the negative challenge side, it's like five times. It's time to actually start to look at a solution now because this isn't working. Yeah. And yeah. what I will add to that is that I, I'm just so sure that there's so many things that have popped up for, for us and for others 
five plus 10, 20 times um, that we haven't yet realized is something that we've been circling around for so long. Um, actually, I've yeah. been experiencing this rather recently because it's I've I've been an avid journaler for for so long, and I, I think I kind of slowed down with it for a little bit. And recently, in my journaling, I'm seeing things that are popping up, and I'm realizing, like, hey, wow, like I've been thinking about this quite a bit, um, but I didn't realize how much I was thinking about it until I, I took that moment to really reflect on it. Yeah, you brought the subconscious into the conscious. Yeah. Oh wow! But yeah. you only did that through sitting with yourself. Yeah. I think it's the only real way. I mean, there's different forms of that sitting with yourself, but it's really the only way to to bring forth what's happening underneath the surface and, and seeing it more clearly. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. So what do you do with it then? Once um, once you've come to that, that awareness, and maybe you want to throw an example here um, of a change that you've made in in your own life, once that awareness drops in and you, you see something more clearly, maybe it's, here's this thing that's not serving me, or here's this thing that I, I just want and, and it's time for me to, to start acting towards. Um, once that clarity comes in, where do you take it from there? Well, this is so different for so many things. So. <laughs> um, but it started simple, just to be clear. I think simplicity is really important. We over we tend to overcomplicate as people, and it, sometimes it's just coming back to the simplicity of something that will help you. Um, I'll go with the bodybuilding. You represented the bodybuilding competition, for example, so I'll come to that. That came up for me, well, like way more than five times for me to do that. I had spent my entire life not thinking that I should ever, ever do something like a bodybuilding competition. I got told that I had childbearing hips. There's no way I could compete. Uh, I didn't have the body for it. I didn't have to look for it. You know, all of these things. And I internalized them. And at the end of the day, it was me. I was, I was the one that was stopping myself. It started coming into after I left that job into my mind of, okay, no, I think I might actually want to do this and it came in five times so then i wrote it down and i put it on my wall and i'm like all right it's coming out of my brain and now it's on the wall and i'm just gonna i'm just gonna stare it down you know this is terrifying for me it is a very vulnerable thing to do <laughs> to put yourself out there in such a way and and to show up in such a way i was like oh i'm gonna if i do that i am i am stepping into the light like i'm in the arena am i ready for the arena and i just kept looking at it and i'm like okay now i think i to get myself ready for that idea for a bodybuilding competition, I'm just going to do a 12 week mini prep just to see how I feel. And I talked to a couple of people about that and they're like, no, that's silly. You know? So, so I went to my wall and then I made a decision and then I talked to people in a community that is of bodybuilders. And they said that that was silly and then I should just do it. And I was like, okay. So I took that in and I sat with it and I was like, okay, I'm just going to do it. And I hired a coach. I found a coach within a week and I was like, I'm going to do this. And I want to do a longer prep. I had made a decision that maybe I wasn't ready for like a quick roundabout prep of like short term. That was terrifying for me. But if I gave myself more time, I felt like I could drop into it. And I wanted a professional to guide me through it. <laughs> I, I was at first going to do it myself. And I'm like, no, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to really do this. 
So I'm going to hire a professional. I'm going to let them guide me through these next steps. And I'm going to put my trust into this other person. And my side of things is I have to show up and I have to follow through and I have to do the work. I am responsible for that. They're responsible for telling me what to do. <laughs> that's great. So relieve some of the pressure. That was, that's one area that I can talk about is like, okay, I take this from here and I put it on my wall and I face it. And then I talk to a community of people and then I make a choice. So awareness, reflection, choice. What was that journey like for you? And how did you bring yourself to, to have that courage to, to take that leap? Yeah, that was terrifying all throughout, just to be clear. Like it did it, it got, it had moments where I felt so grounded in what I was doing. And then other moments where I had no idea what I was doing. Um, having the coach was incredibly supportive of that journey. If I had let myself, and I'm, I, I want to speak on this for a second, if I had let myself just do it on my own, I'm not sure I could have gotten to the place that I did that first time. For the marathon, I feel really good doing this on my own, and I'm not hiring a coach. However, for that first major competition where I had never been brave enough to step into any arena like this one... <laughs> Having that guidance from an individual who knew, like an expert who knew what they were talking about, it, it calmed me in a way that I couldn't reach on my own. And whenever I was feeling unstable, I would contact him and he's like, I'm the coach. I know what I'm doing. You need to sit back and just, just follow through. That's what you're doing. That's your job. You hired me. You pay me money. Your job is just to do the work. So you trust what I do. And that's the end of it. And it was a little harsher than maybe I'm necessarily used to, but that was calming for me because it was like, right, I don't need to be in control of this part. I was trying so hard to be in control of every aspect of it that I was getting disrupted and I was overloading and I was overstimulating. And I'm just, and every time that that would happen, I would go down. I'm like, I'm not sure that this X, Y, Z, I'm not sure I look good enough. Like, I'm not sure that I, I'm doing things well enough. I'm not sure if I am enough. I just kept saying that because I was so scared of showing up on that stage and not being enough because I was still battling with the fear of not being enough mm -hmm. in general. Mm -hmm. And that just kept coming up because I was like, oh, that's a wound that's got to be worked on. Okay. <laughs> and this is just making it more and more apparent every week when I'm checking in and I'm putting myself out there. I, I made a point of every single check-in, every single week, posting it on social media. I'm like, I'm not hiding. Even when I'm scared, even when I feel so uncomfortable with my body, even when I'm, I am not hiding anymore. Yeah. This is going to be life-changing for me. And I need to sit into that discomfort as much as possible. And some weeks it was easy and other weeks I was, I mean, I wish Joey could be on this with me. He, he could be able to talk about it, but I was like, I don't think I should post this. Like, I just, I think I look terrible. He's like, post it. He's like, you already, you already got it ready. He's like, just post it. And then I, I would do it. And then he'd hug me and he'd be like, okay, now you can feel bad, but you don't, don't delete mm -hmm. it, but you need to, but you need to be here. He's like, it's okay. You can feel everything you're feeling. He's like, we have to show up. He's like, that's, that's your job mm -hmm. here is to show mm -hmm. up do the work follow through. You're not hiding anymore. You're the sun. You're not the eighth planet from the sun. You're the sun right now. You got to shine bright. Like you got to step into it. You're in the arena. And guess what? You're the only one booing you right now. So you need to 
step into the arena and calm and just show yeah. up. And it's like, okay. So that journey was brilliant because it showed me where my weak points were, where I was still needing extra nurture. And the more that I showed up and the more that I got closer, the closer I got to the date of the actual show and the more I started shedding because I was cutting at that point, I was cutting. So I was literally shedding parts of me. I was shedding fat off of my body, shedding fat cells off of my body that had probably been there for a while. You know, like it was like, it felt like an actual shedding. The closer I got, the more calm I got into it. And it was wild because I had fought it. I was fighting it. I was fighting. I was fighting. I was fighting. I was fighting it. And then I started cutting and I was like, and now we're here and we're integrating. <laughs> It was like a flat line of every single week. I'm like, okay, yep. We're a warrior. Like I'm a wolf. We're good. Mm -hmm. And I felt that in my heart. I was like, I got this. I've already done this for six months. I've got this. Whether I show up on stage and I win something doesn't matter. I've got this. And I'm walking on that stage for every version of me before now. I've mm -hmm. got this for me and them. I don't, everybody else, they matter, but not as much. It is so important for me to walk on stage for all of those previous versions of me that felt that I wasn't good enough, that felt that I wasn't enough, that felt that I wasn't deserving. I'm walking on stage for all of those versions of me. I've got this. And they were all looking to me, all of those versions that were like, are you sure? And I was like, I've got this. But they had, they had been questioning me the entire time. I'm like, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. And then finally it just like, it just like settled into me. And I was like, I've got no. this. I just have to keep doing what I've already been doing because it is working. It's working. Mm -hmm. And it's, there's proof in that, in my physical outer appearance, which is like armor. It was so funny. I just like, as soon as I started seeing the muscles show through, I'm like, look at all the armor yeah. I built. That was immediately what I thought of my brain. I'm like, I'm a warrior, no. dude. Like this is, I'm a warrior. This, and this is on me. Like, this isn't going yeah. anywhere. I'm strong. I've got, I've got yeah. this. And then walking on stage, it was terrifying. Cause you're just like pretty much naked. And <laughs> you're like, I'm doing yeah. it. And that felt very much like cliff jumping. That was an adrenaline rush. And I cried after I was so proud of myself and all of, I felt as though every single version of me was there with me. Just like, just like we were all together finally in in connected and like just pride so much pride of like oh no we've got this okay what next <laughs> it was a what next there's <sighs> just so many lessons from that story that that just beamed through for me um one that, that comes up is the only the only way I think we can get into that state of, or that you were able to get into that, that mode of, I got this was because you went through or you allowed the space for all of those other beliefs and perspectives to come up through the process, right? You didn't feel that way yep. through the process, but you, you allowed for that to, to show up. You allowed for the, I'm not enough to show up. And you, you saw that and you processed that and, I don't think we can ever come to that that place of being um, clear and free of those those limiting perspectives until we we put ourselves in a situation. And this is what I think you did: you put yourself into a situation where it created space and invited those those limiting beliefs up and out of you. Yeah, 
I put myself through a major challenge in the safest way possible. Mm. I put myself into great discomfort on purpose in the safest way possible so that I could see those and hear oh. them. I'm not sure they could have translated through otherwise mm -hmm. or that I would have heard them as loudly because I really heard them and I took the time to hear them. That was the, that's another important lesson for me was I first start, I, I tried resisting them like, no, like tried to combat them. Like, no, I am enough. And then, and then finally I, I realized I'm like, no, I need to just hear, I need to hear them. I am not enough. Where is that coming from? Like, talk about it mm -hmm. more, like think of it more. What more is coming through? Cause there's, that's, that's top level. That's pretty surface. What else? And so I just kept combating with that. I was like, and what yeah. else? And what else? And what else? And through hearing it and listening to myself, I was like, okay, now we've, now we're getting yeah. somewhere, <laughs> you know, like subconscious mind to the conscious yeah. mind. All of the other stuff was still back here. The conscious mind was hearing that I'm not enough, but the other stuff is still back here. It's like, I got to pull mm -hmm. this out. And that's, and I have to feel them. Mm -hmm. I have to feel them. Yeah. yeah. I think you just spoke brilliantly to how we, we, we healed these parts of ourselves. It definitely, uh, yeah, just really parallels my, my experience with transforming these, these parts and these, these limiting beliefs. One, yes, we have to feel them. And, and two, we have to, we have to pay attention, right? We have to, to, to see them. Yeah. And I think maybe seeing them comes before we can, we, we start to, to feel it. Um, and I think there's also a really important thing that you said there, um, rather than trying to combat it with a, a affirmation or some other perspective or belief, there definitely is a place for, for I've got this and, and bringing that in. Um, but if what's coming up for you is I'm not enough, trying to, the way that I, uh, I like feel and see this visually, I guess, is um, the affirmation when it, it just doesn't feel true at the moment is just kind of suppressing and like covering up something that wants to be felt and seen. And if we, yeah, if we, if we don't give these parts of ourselves the attention that they're, they're, they're asking for, then they just ultimately like keep getting suppressed and start continue to play in that, in that background. That's the way that I've experienced it. They'll yeah, they'll, they'll build up and then they'll leak out of you in other forms that you're not controlling. Yeah. And what it takes is just truly, genuinely hearing yeah. them. They just want to be heard. That's what it, we all just, we want, all of us have a common, a common goal of being heard, right? It's the same with our relationship with ourselves. I want to be heard. Mm -hmm. I don't want to ignore it. I want, what's my truth right now? And that's okay. It's okay to not feel like enough. That's okay so resistant to it and it's like oh, no we have to feel better no we have to be successful i have to feel good all the time it's not real mm -hmm. we are brilliant we're human beings with the capacity to feel so many emotions at the same time i can feel not enough and joy at the same time i can have those two things it's okay it's okay no. and it also doesn't need to dictate or define who you are, nor does it need to no. define how you choose to act as your, as your story perfectly just gives an, you know, portrays despite having been feeling these, these emotions, you chose to continue to follow through despite that. 
Yeah. yeah. If I could, that's why I kept telling myself, if you can do one thing, it's just follow through. Just like I'm being told, that's my job. Just show up and follow through. And at the end of it, we get to decide, we get to decide when we walk on that stage, if we're not enough. And I was like, I'm pretty, I'm pretty proud of how I showed up. <laughs> like, I was like, I, because I knew I worked for it. I showed up. I had, I, I had all of this evidence supporting the fact that I was enough. Yeah. I had months of evidence of every single workout I showed up to every single meal I prepped every single hour I slept. I had months of evidence in favor of me being enough to walk on that stage mm. months of evidence. I'm like, uh, in a court of law, I win. I'm enough. <laughs> in a court of law, this is the truth yeah. right now. So here's the facts and I have the data to support the mm. facts. I am enough. Action is the cure to self-doubt. Yeah. I mean, I, and action is the motivator as well. The motivator. Yeah. What do you mean by that? People think that motivation comes first and gives you action. Actions, what gives you motivation. Mm. And then it cycles from mm. there. Kind of feeds into each other. I was not always. Mo Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. So I think there's a yes. lot that we can say about the, the process of, of inner work and, and healing and, and shifting how we feel with, within ourselves. And that's 100% important. I mean, where are we? Like, of course we know that's important, um, but probably something yeah. that doesn't get spoken to enough, at least from what I'm seeing, is the way that following through despite, and this has a place, right? It's not that I'm saying this is the, the yes. deal end all. Um, it's, it's, it's a paradox. Um, but I think a, a perspective that I just haven't heard being shared as much that there's so much power in is how acting despite how we feel and following through despite how we feel can be the very thing that creates the momentum and catalyzes the that feeling of empowerment and, and shifts these feelings of self-doubt and I'm not enough. Um, yeah, I, I feel like there's just so much power to that. If you feel like you're not enough, the only way to combat that is to be enough. It's not funny. Mm. That's the only way. So how do you be enough? How do you be enough for you? That's very unique to each person. Mm -hmm. It's very unique to each person, right? Um, I think that comes a lot, uh, comes a lot. I think that comes through for me right now as um, having confidence set around your ability as opposed to your intention. And so if my intention or my intentions, which are my core values are to follow through for myself and to follow through for others and like be this person. My confidence should be built around that, not about, uh, not around whether or not I can do a bodybuilding competition, but the bodybuilding competition will come through living in my intention. Does that make sense? So you're deriving confidence. Let's hear that once again. What do you, where, where do you find your, your confidence? What's that being derived, derived from? my confidence coming from my intentions, which are linked to my core values, as opposed to my abilities, which are linked to my external output. Right. So aligning, aligning with your yeah. core values. Mm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And building confidence around mm -hmm. that. I'm confident in the fact that I have follow through. I'm confident in that. I'm not confident in the fact that I can run a marathon today, but I'm confident in my fact that I can, I can follow mm -hmm. through. And that confidence is what gets me showing up for my prep every week for marathon. Yeah. 
And that's unshakable because it's grounded in core values. It's grounded with my ability. That's not grounded. I could lose a leg tomorrow. And then guess what? I'm probably not running a marathon, right? Like it's one's quite unstable. One allows for grounding. Mm -hmm. So that's another um, shift that I'm constantly working on right now. But I felt translate through from the bodybuilding competition. Yeah. It's, yeah, I, I just I feel like this more process oriented, focused than than the outcome. The outcome's great. The outcome gives us something to to strive for, but really, where the confidence, but also the the fulfillment and the satisfaction comes from the the alignment yes. with with the process. Yeah, yeah. How good does it feel to make yourself a promise and follow yeah. through on it? Pretty, pretty good. Like, there's nothing. Pretty good. <laughs> it's, oh, yeah. and I can do that every day. Yeah. Like that's something I have access to yeah. every day. That's so cool. That's so cool. I just, I want to really emphasize a an earlier point that was made and it's, um, this can be done on such a micro scale, right? Like, you know, not everyone yes. hearing this is going to go do a bodybuilding contest after this or should they? Um, but what are these small ways, these small promises that we can, we can make to ourselves so that we get to experience this, this reward of self-trust. Yeah, I think I'm ready for it. Um, there's a question I, there's one question I knew I I wanted to to ask you and we kind of, I think we kind of touched on it a little bit, but, um, yeah, I I feel like I just want to hear you respond to it. We said it before, you know, you, you did the, the bodybuilding contest last last year. And um, some would say that what you're training for now is on the opposite, the very opposite <laughs> end of the spectrum when yeah. it comes to um, types of, of fitness competitions, let's say. Um, why? So, okay, this is funny. The bodybuilding competition, I never believed I could do it. So I broke that limit, that limiting belief. And I was like, I could do that. What else did I believe I couldn't do? I have never believed I could run distance. I have never believed that I could do that. And I'm like, well, I guess that's the next one then. That was the first one that popped in my head. And I was like, it was it was funny. It was within a six hour period of time too. Joey talks about this, it's hilarious. I talked about it. I'm like, I think I wanna run. I think I wanna do something endurance wise. And he's just like, okay, like, what do you want to do? Like a half marathon? I'm like, yeah, okay. And then, and then maybe like six hours later, I'm like, nah, if I'm training for anything, it's going to be a marathon. I can't, I'm not doing a half. Like if I'm going to dedicate so much of my time and energy and effort and fitness towards a to half marathon, I might as well just do the full thing. Like, it's just, it's not that different training wise. So for me, I'm like all in, let's just, let's just go for it. I have never been a distance runner in my life. The longest run I had ever done previous to this was the sun run in Vancouver. It's a 10 kilometer run. And that was like two, three years ago. We did it in a, like on a whim. We did one 10 K prior to doing it. And then we're like, yeah, we'll just do the sun run now. (laughs) It was like, who am I to do this? And then I was like, who am I not to do this? It's that like flip of mindset. Right. And so, yeah, after the bodybuilding competition and that limiting belief that I had with my body and what my body was capable of, I asked myself, I'm like, what else did I believe I couldn't do? And I was like, distance running. I believe I, I have so many injuries. I've dislocated my knee. I've, 
oh my gosh, I've sprained my left ankle once. I've sprained my right ankle two times in three separate places. I've broken both of my feet. Like I have a mess of injuries from previous where I'm like, there's no way my body is going to be able to do this. And then I sat there and I'm like, I don't know that for sure. I've never tried. So I was like, I guess this is, this is the trial. And now my longest distance run has been 24 kilometers, which is not a small feat. So I'm like, if I could, that's more than a half marathon. That's getting closer. <laughs> and, and I'm okay. My body is okay. Our bodies are incredible. We are incredible. It's not just our bodies, it's our minds. Like what we're actually capable of and what we think we're capable of are two very, they're vastly different things. And all you got to do is one, one, one step more, one step more, one step more. Keep going, keep going, keep going. You'll be mind blown, mind blown where you get to. So just to, just to really put this in perspective for, for our listeners, and you'll let me know if I have it right. The reason why you chose to train for a marathon, and the reason why you are training for a marathon is because you didn't think you could do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. What better way to overcome your limiting belief than to literally prove to yourself that you are beyond that limit? Yeah. It's the only way. You don't know until you've tried it. I could I could easily try to run the marathon and it not work, and that's yeah. okay. At least I know I tried, yeah. and like look how far I've already come. Like, I, if you had asked me three years, two years, one year ago in the bodybuilding comp, I would have asked, I would have said absolutely not. <laughs> I was so focused on the bodybuilding competition, though. If you had asked me if I could even do a half marathon, I would have said no, and I've just surpassed the half marathon distance. Right? It's. My mind is already at a place where every long distance run I'm doing from this point forward, I've never done before. These are, this is new territory every single week I'm training yeah. now. Is that not yeah. wild? That is wild. And it would. And every step I take past that distance that I've ran the week previous, I'm like, oh my gosh, I've never run this. And I get, it's so interesting because I'm tired by that point. And then as soon as it's like, Oh, we're in like new distance territory. I get a burst of energy and I run faster every time. Mm. <laughs> it's like, I'm, oh, and now we're awake. This is where the race yeah. begins. <laughs> Woof. <laughs> it's the idea that our bodies are just capable of so much more than we might imagine. And there's only yeah. one way to find out. There's only one way to find out. <laughs> and like you said, whether you do end up running it or not, the fact that you just broke through perceived limits was made possible because you were open to the possibility. Yeah, exactly. It's so powerful. It's <laughs> so, so cool. Powerful. We're so powerful. You're so powerful. <laughs> we are so powerful. Yeah. We are. It's so funny though, right? Like I, I'm not exceptional. I'm not unique. I'm, I just have very good follow through. Yeah. Cause that's my intention with yeah. myself. That's my intention. And that was trained. It's trainable. Yes. It's a trainable skill. I was not good with follow through to start. I was not, and I can, I can own that. I did not follow through for myself for a very long mm -hmm. time for years. And now look at me, 
that's tra it's trainable and and all you need is patience and grace and love and understanding mm. and you'll get there and it'll just keep improving i know that mine isn't even as good as it mm -hmm. can be and i love that idea it's like i will consistently improve on this as time mm -hmm. goes that is amazing because look what i've already accomplished and it can only get better like whoa until i die like it can only get better yeah. there's there's no limit the other thing that was just really no. coming through for me here is uh these these intentions and these aims the the reward that they they truly have to offer us is the the growth and the transformation that takes place in the process yeah oh yeah i've started to actually use this yeah. by setting goals not necessarily just based on what i i think i want in the end right not just setting goals to fulfill some desire that that i have thinking that when i have that thing i'll be happier um yes i've started to set goals based on what i feel like will invoke the growth in me that i desire so it's been yes. reverse engineering this like, who do I want to be? What qualities do I want to, to embody? What kind of character do I want to embody? And what are some of the things, what goals can I set for myself that will bring this out in me? Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's not about the end goal. It's so funny. It's not about the end goal. It is. I mean, you follow, you follow through to get to that point, but the process what it opens up in you, what it reveals to you. Mm -hmm. Oh man, I, I love that. That's what you're yeah. doing now. I love that. That's such a beautiful way of thinking about it. And I think that's accessible to everybody listening yeah. to it. Who do you want to become? Who do you want to be? And how can this goal encourage and cultivate that in you? Mm -hmm. Oh, either way we come out we come out winners when we when we approach it like that yes yes there's always lessons that translate out i always i don't know about you but i finally come like a month after it's like you, your brain has to like download and process it's like the windows loading screen for a little <laughs> bit it's like yeah you downloaded a lot of lessons throughout and they you know them and then it does yeah. this and then at the end of it it's just like everything awakens <laughs> in you and you're like whoa i learned so much more than i thought that yeah. i did oh my gosh <laughs> i feel it i feel it <laughs> okay i um let me check in here. Yeah, there's there's one other that I, I feel like will be a, a perfect way to just kind of like bring this all home. Um, why does mindset matter? Oh. <laughs> oh. <sighs> Your mindset is what creates your limitations, your limitations, your mindset is what creates your limitations, right? Your mindset is what creates your values. Your mindset is what creates your beliefs. Your mindset if given the opportunity 
can create things in your life that you could never have predicted because your brain tries to envision and predict where things will go. And that's limited when you expand your mindset and allow it to be everything that it is in all of its glory, you expand past that tenfold. So you're being challenged. Your mindset can get you through any single challenge that you're going through, whether it's physical, mental, emotional, doesn't matter. Your mindset can get you through that. Your mindset can also take you down deeper. You have to choose what depth you're going to. Am I going into depth of love? Or am I going into depth of perpetuating self-hate? And it's powerful either way. It can destroy you or it can <laughs> build you into something that is beyond anything that you can ever imagine. But it is so powerful. And every day you cultivating that, it matters. It matters because it will help you to decide and decipher what, what depth you're going to each day. What depth am I going to? Where am I going? Where am I going? I almost don't want to even like say anything to, to dilute that. <laughs> um, but I, I feel like perhaps just offering just what's coming through for me and, and hearing you share a lot um, might add some valuable perspective to it. And it's, uh, it's this, I, I feel that our current mindset dictates what we believe is 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 possible for us right in in our current yes. mindset what that entails is what we what we currently believe is is possible yeah and that's what we'll experience as being possible but when we we open up and expand our mindset to greater possibility like possibly being able to run a marathon when you were never a long distance runner or doing a bodybuilding show when you were told that you didn't have the body for it. Um, when we open up to open up our mindset to that greater possibility, then those, those possibilities become possible for us. Yeah. Yeah. I think Tony Robbins is like the one that says, if you, if you're told to look for everything red in a room, you'll find everything red. But if I ask you to name something blue, after I asked you to look at everything red, you won't be able to name anything blue because you're so focused mm -hmm. on the red. Mm -hmm. Right. I think a lot of ways what we're doing is, is training this, this mindset of, of possibilities. What, what could be possible? Could this be possible? And I think yeah. one of the, the messages that we the lessons that we derive from from your story and what you've shared today is that one of the ways that you expand on that that sense of possibility is through action and follow through proving to yourself you are beyond what you once believed yourself to be limited to with a dash of humility of mm. always make sure you make sure you dash humility on yeah. every little recipe you bring into your life. I'm not the best runner. 
I have a lot of humility in that. Okay. <laughs> but, but I am a runner now because I made it possible for myself. Mm -hmm. I could not run 24 kilometers when I started dash of humility there. I could run one and I had to walk. Now I can run 24 dash of humility at all times, right? Like it's just remembering I'm good at this. And I also have lots of ways that I can improve mm -hmm. and that's mm -hmm. okay. Beautiful. We're gonna do it. We're we're gonna jump into the the ascending round. These are a series okay. of sort of quick fire questions, quick responses, or speak forever. I would be happy with that as well. Um, you ready to jump okay. in? <laughs> yes. Question number one: What book? What one book have you read that comes closest to being a must read? Oh, there's a few. Okay. I would say Brené Brown, Daring Greatly. Mm. That's my, that's my, that hit home. And I can reread that one many times and I find a new nugget of truth for me every time I read it. Nice. It's one I haven't read. Oh, it's gorgeous. Looking forward to it. What <laughs> one new practice, <clears throat> perspective or lesson have you integrated or have been in integrating? in the past six months that's been having the greatest impact on you? I would say improving myself over proving myself is the biggest one that's coming through right now. So um, I found myself in a lot of ways and a lot of times without thinking about it, uh, trying to do things like quickly or trying to do them really great or trying to you know, outwardly show myself in a way that I wasn't, I liked, it was good, but I wasn't, I, I want to improve myself, not prove myself. So when I'm showing up in any format, in any way, I want to make sure it's from the mindset of improving, not proving. Like, I don't want to, I don't have to prove to you that I'm a good person. I'm improving myself to become a good person. Or I don't have to prove to you that I'm the best squatter and I, I can do five plates. I'm improving myself. And today I'm lifting with one plate. You know what I mean? Like I, it's, it's the practice of humility, improving myself over proving myself and being conscious of that everywhere I go. What does it mean to ascend? Hmm. I believe it means growing into the highest form of ourselves until death the highest form that we can become as a human being in this round i understand that people think that we go through a few different rounds to up level our souls and so my idea of ascension is the continuous improvement or the continuous pursuit of becoming your highest self until death and beyond how do we ascend living in our truth, continuing to grow, even if that means slowing down, opening our hearts to the people around us and loving genuinely. I think it, at the core it's love mm -hmm. for ourselves and the world around us. Yeah. Hmm. I got one grand finale question for you. If you've um, if you've heard the show before, you know it's coming. But are you ready for it? I'm ready. Tasha, you just 
actualize the ability to telepathically communicate to all of humanity. What do you say? I love you. <laughs> I love you. You are loved. You are loved. You are loved. You are loved. And if I have to say that on repeat for 80 hours until people believe it, I will. I will repeat that message. You are loved. You are worthy. You are so much more than you'll ever know that you'll ever believe until you die. Like, it's just. You are meant to take up the space that you are meant to take up. You are meant to be here. You are. You are. Yeah. I love you. I may not know you. I don't. I don't need to. I love you. And that's unconditional. I'm not loving you under the condition that you love me back. I'm not loving you under the condition that you're good at something. I'm not loving you under the condition that we meet. I love you because I have the ability to and because you are worthy of being loved. And I say that in truth because that is who I needed. That's who I needed. I needed the person that loved me. I love Nina. And I also love you. And it's because I love myself that I can love you. Senders, that is going to be all for my conversation with Natasha. I trust that it was able to inspire in you a remembrance that we are so much more capable than we've considered ourselves to be. Because our mindsets can either be our greatest limitation, creating the perception of limitation, or it can be the very thing that allows us to evolve beyond what we ever thought was possible. And through training, practice, and follow through, we can discover this for ourselves. Before you go, senders, if you've enjoyed the show, I would so appreciate it if you took a moment to head on over to either Apple Podcast or Spotify to leave us a review. And if you haven't yet already, I invite you to subscribe to the show on YouTube or whichever podcast platform you're listening to this from. And lastly, I want you to think about somebody in your life that you believe in and would love to see believe in themselves the way that you do. Then share with them this episode to support them expanding their mindset and their belief in who they are and what they're capable of. Ascenders, that's going to be it for this episode of Awaken. I want to thank you for tuning in and for being here on this journey, on this planet, at this time, in this moment of our ascension. And until next time, keep ascending. <laughs>